because we are talking about prayer, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning. Uh, prayer 101. I want to go back to the beginning and look and see what does the, the Bible say about prayer? Not what do I already know? What are my preconceived thoughts? I want to just kind of go back to the basics. And so we're going to do that. So today we're going to have prayer 101. That's the beginning. It's about as easy as it gets. And that's uh, for this week. Next week it gets a little harder. Prayer 102. And we're going to talk about the helps and the hindrances of prayer. And then we're going to go to prayer 301, which is the problems with prayer. So I hope that you are ready to come to school every, every week, ready to, to learn a little bit more about prayer. And, and I'm confident by the time we're done, you're going to understand prayer better. You're going to be more motivated for prayer. You're going to be better prepared to pray. So uh, before we, we get into this, I'd like to ask God's blessing on this. Father God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for what you have reminded me of uh, this past week about prayer and the things that I needed to know. And I just pray that, God, as, as we are in prayer 101 today, that you would uh, speak through me to, uh, about what's involved in prayer. And I pray that, God, we would have hearts to hear what you want us to hear and uh, the ability to put this into practice and to remember this. I just pray for your words to say, God, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I've got candy. And if you, I'm not throwing it. Um, if you want candy, I guarantee you, kids, this is about the easiest answer. You cannot get this wrong. So if you want some candy, I'm going to ask you a question that you are going to share an answer with everybody who, and I, someone better come up here, right? This is easy. Okay, so I'll explain it to you. Maybe it will help. You guys know the movie Aladdin, right? Okay, you have a genie in a bottle. And what does the genie do? He, you, you get the lamp, you rub it, and you get three wishes. Come on, this doesn't get easier than this. I want you to tell me, if you got three wishes, what would be one of those wishes that you would ask the genie for? Okay, so thank you for being so faithful. I'd like to just give you a bunch of candy. What would you ask for? It could be a new car. It could be to be seven feet tall. It could be the ability to understand my math. What would it be? Be able to dunk my seventh grade year. Dunk as a seventh grader, awesome. <laughs> Um, dunk my senior year. Okay, dunk. Not quite as ambitious, but dunk as a senior. A, get a Lamborghini. A what, co what color? Uh, green. A green Lamborghini. What would you pick? Wednesday State in basketball my senior year. Okay, Wednesday State is, as a senior basketball. Okay, anybody else? It's, it's as easy as it gets. World peace. Okay, I'm going to throw you a Swedish fish. Sorry, I didn't quite make it. All right. So, <laughs> Josh, to be able to throw, we're going to see if we can make that one happen. I'm not. Okay. Anybody else? Come on. It gets. It doesn't get easier than this. You know, wouldn't it be nice if when you prayed, it was that easy? You know, God was my genie in a bottle, and I just had this great big wish list, and I could just give it to God, and he would give me an answer. I mean, out of all of those, I think the seventh grader dunking is the coolest. Uh, but wouldn't it be cool if that's how it worked? You know, a lot of people, when they go talk to God, they, they think that's how God should work. You know, God is the one who's capable of everything. God can do anything. We know that. We've, we're talking about that in Sunday school a little bit. You know, God's omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful. All God is the one who can do that. And when I pray and God doesn't work, 
That means God's not real or God's uncaring or God's unloving because he's not fulfilling this wish list. And today we're going to be talking about prayer. And you know what? There's a little bit more to prayer than just giving my list to God and saying, hey, give me what I want. And we're going to be talking about the, the, four, uh, the four parts of prayer. It's the acts of prayer. That's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and of course, supplication. So let's start with the first one. Adoration. It means to worship, glorify, to exalt, to bow down or revere. You know, this is the first letter of the acronym ACTS, right? That's to help you understand or to have a, a flow of thought to make sure I have touched on all, all these uh, parts of prayer. So they use this, this clever wording of ACTS. And the first letter is the most important. And it's adoration. It's giving God the glory and praise that he is due for who he is. Now, this might come across as... I don't want to say the word sucking up, so I won't, but it, it comes across as buttering up God. I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to tell him, you're awesome, God. You are holy, and you are mighty, and as a way to, to butter him up in order to make him more attentive to the prayers that I'm going to pray. So by the time I get to the supplication, God's all gooey and excited with emotion, so he, of course he's going to answer my prayer. That is not why we put acts or adoration first. We put that first because that is for is putting God in the right position and putting me in the right position. It's, it's helping me to establish who he is. If I, if I stop and take the time to adore God, to revere him, um, I'm going to recognize what I am compared to who he is. I am not holy. I am not that loving. I am not that forgiving. And he is, and he's, he's done all that for me. And so I'm, I'm telling him um, th the qualities that he is, that he reveals to me. I'm saying, I praise you, God, because you do this. I praise you because you are this quality and you are that quality, because you are loving and forgiving and, and understanding. The most important, but probably just about the, the most neglected. Because when we get to prayer, we're all about God, the supplication part, right? If you were to put a percentage of how much time you spend on each part of prayer, adoration would probably be so small, it would be hard to write that percent on, on, a, on that list. Ad the supplication would probably be like 95, 96, 97%. Everything else is neglected. But this is one of the most important parts to prayer. So what is the right position for, for this? You know, during that song, I was noticing as, a, as I was uh, watching it, there's different ways that people are praying. You have people who are going like this, people who are on their knees, uh, pe people who are bowing their heads. What is the right position to come when you pray to God? Especially in this part of adoration. Well, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 53, Solomon prayed on his knees with lifted hands toward heaven. Have you ever prayed like this? This is how that's how Solomon's praying. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 22, Abraham stood and he talked to God. Pretty easy to pray. In Matthew 26, 39, Jesus fell prostrate on the ground. Something like this. Or all spread out. Right? Uh, that's 
That is, that takes a lot. That's a lot of reverence and awe to the person that you're talking to. You know, you think about people who had to come before the kings. They're coming down low. They're bowing. They're doing whatever it is to say, you are in that position. I am in my position. You are important. I am not. And that's, you can just look at old movies or, or things like that in that situation and say, hey, we, we, we respect people. We are putting people on a pedestal, not like the, the, the pastor who's exactly like everybody else in Sunday school. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, anyway, we are, we, when we were adoring God, we were saying, you are worthy, you are honored. You know, but it doesn't, it really doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't say Solomon did it right because he was on his knees. Abraham's lack of respect because he's standing there. And Jesus is the perfect example because he's on his face. Really, it's not necessarily that position that you're in. It's the heart behind it. Because I can have a bad heart and get on my face and pray before the Lord. I can be genuinely praying to God like this, and it can be just as much respectful. So it's not a specific a, a position. It's the heart behind the position that I am as I'm adoring God, as I'm worshiping Him. So what, what am I going to proclaim about God? Well, I kind of already mentioned it. We're praising God for who He is. And that's kind of the difference between adoration and thanksgiving. Adoration, I'm saying, God, you are holy. God, you are sovereign. God, you are in control. You are compassionate. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Jehovah Jireh, which means God, you provide, or the Lord provides. And, and, and I'm coming to, to God in prayer saying, God, you are the one who provides. And it, by the way, I need this. But I'm telling God, you are the one I'm looking to for this answer. I'm not looking to man to fulfill this need. I'm looking to you. And God likes to hear that. And God deserves that as we as we pray how do i proclaim this well uh, a couple examples in scripture you can proclaim your adoration or your praise to god in song and james chapter 5 13 it says uh, is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise i i was listening to a sermon uh a couple weeks ago it was on i think psalms 33 and it reminded me that, you know what, I really do need to do a lot more praising God in song. You know, I, I do it at church, just like you guys do. And during the week, I may listen to a song and I, I start singing along, but mostly I don't sing that much. So I started on the bus. You know that bus that I hate and I wish I can get rid of? I'm starting to sing on the bus. I sing quietly if the kids are on the bus, but I realize this should be a part of my day. I mean, it's easy to pray on the bus, but starting to sing on the bus to the Lord. And it talks about, in, I think, Psalms 33, about coming up with a new song as well. You know, so I've, you can do this. If you're happy and you've got a reason to, to praise God, do it in song, okay? You can do it in word. Psalms 103, verses 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then he starts, it's a song there too, but he starts listing all these things. I don't have to sing, uh, God, you forgive all my sins. But I can say, I praise you that you are the God who forgives all my sins. I praise you that you are the God who keeps me going. I praise you that, God, you are the one who is forgiving. Right? Just anything that comes to mind, you can tell God and say, I praise you for that. You can praise God with your life. John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. 
We are worshiping God by our actions, by, by putting him in the right perspective, by our obedience. We, that is an act of worship. And that should be a part of our life. Our life song uh, of praying to God should include adoration. So that's the first one, adoration. Number two should be confession. Confess means to declare, to admit. Now, confession takes courage. You know, if you're going to confess to somebody that you love them, that can take a little courage. You know, uh, when Leslie and I were dating, she confessed something to me before I confessed it to her. We, I was getting, I got the door for her, which you should do if you're dating a girl, probably when you're married to you. But I, I got the door for her, and she says, thank you for getting the door. Or, or I, she said, thank you. And I said, I'd like to. Well, she thought I said, I like you. So she said, I like you too. So she confessed it. So, of course, at that point, it is easy to say, man, I like you, because you just already revealed that emotion to me. It got a little harder when I said, I love you. Because what if she doesn't really love me? She's, she could say, you're my buddy, right? Which we had a joke about that. But you're my buddy. I like hanging out with you. But if she doesn't have those feelings, that can be pretty hard to give that out. Um, but to, especially it's, confession is hard when you're going to admit that you did something wrong. Right? Even if the whole world knows, sometimes it's tough to admit that you did something wrong. But what is it really impressive is if you're willing to admit something that somebody doesn't already know. I had that happen this week. Somebody confessed to me something that I would never have known unless they told me. That takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of guts. And this person did it. And so confession does take courage. It takes courage to admit to everybody or to somebody that I have done something wrong. You know what's really funny is that people have a hard time admitting to God that they are, have done wrong. They, they have a hard time committing that they're uh, confessing that they're a bad person. Because we, no one wants to feel that way. But you know, God has been there since before the creation of the world. God watched you do it. God heard you say it. God was there when it happened. God knew before creation that that was going to take place. And yet people don't want to do that. You know, God knew it was going to take place before Adam and Eve. You know, when, when they ate that fruit, God didn't have to stop time and say, um, what am I going to do now when I'm going to provide a Savior? Before the creation of the world, God knew Jesus was coming. So I don't know why it's that hard for us to admit to God that we are a sinner. Why is it that hard to commit that we have done anything wrong? Because the Bible says we have all done it, and we know that God already knows it. The Bible tells us in a one verse, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, if I'm willing to declare, to admit that I'm a sinner, God will forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But it's that big two-letter word, if. i got to take that step and do it. In the Old Testament, uh, Proverbs 28, 13, uh, from the words of David, or uh, from Solomon, it says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses them uh, and renounces them finds mercy. So I'm admitting that, yes, I've done something wrong, and renounces to forsake, fail to follow, to leave, to abandon, to repent, things like that. If, I, if I'm willing to confess it and get away from it, you know, God's willing to forgive it. 
David, in Psalms chapter 32, verse 5, he says, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. If you confess it, he is willing to forgive it. So we need to make sure that we make confession a part of our prayer. I, no one here is going to pray in front of everybody and say, I'm confessing my sins to God in front of everybody. But when you have your own private time uh, of conversation with the Lord, of, of praying, make sure that you include Make sure that you include adoration, that you are praising God for who he is. Make sure that you take time to confess what he already knows that you did. The third part of the acts of prayer is thanksgiving. This means to offer an offering of thanks, showing oneself to be grateful. You know, we live in a world of entitlement, don't we? Right where the, the generations coming up, they, they feel like they are entitled to their parents' car. They're entitled to uh, a second chance. Uh, they're entitled to getting out of chores. They're entitled to their parents' money. Right? That's kind of what our generation is. And I don't think parents uh, meant that to happen. They're just trying to do better than what they feel like their parents did for them. But our world is to this point where they, they expect everything. I expect my parents' car. I expect their money. I expect to be able to use their possessions. That's just the way the world is. And so, you know, with, with this spirit of entitlement, you know, kids get less grateful. They don't say thank you because they're expecting you to give it to them. You, they deserve it. You know, us as parents, we try to teach our kids, I'm sure all as parents, try to teach our kids to tell people thank you. You know, even when I got socks from Grandma that I really didn't want, Noah, Caleb, tell Grandma thank you. Right? That's what we try to do. Because they didn't have to give it to you. Grandma is not, uh, she, it's not her responsibility. She's not um, expected to. It's, it's, if she wants to give you this free gift, you tell her thank you. You know, it, there's, um, you know, God doesn't owe us anything. God does, God, when he gives us something good, it's because he chooses to give us something. You know, the only thing that God, that I deserve from God, I don't want. Right? The only thing I deserve from God is hell and eternity away from Jesus forever. And I don't want that. So I'll take anything from God that I don't deserve, which is grace, which is forgiveness, which is mercy, which is the air that I'm breathing right now. I don't deserve that just because he created me. He gives life. He takes it away. I don't deserve the, the place that I live. I don't deserve any of that stuff. And I need to stop and remember that I have a lot to give thanks to God for. First Thessalonians. 518 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We probably, most of us, at least at home, give thanks to God for our food, right? We, 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 before we eat, we just naturally do it. We say, thank you, God, for our food. But what about things that you don't really know about? You know, I went to bed last night. And I woke up, and my house was still there, and I was still alive, and I came to church, and so did all of you. And I can tell God, thank you for that. And I, you know what, what could have happened last night? Last night, there could have been this big airplane going across the sky, and it's about to go down. Mayday, mayday, and it's going to crash right on top of my house. But God saw fit to say, you know what, today is not a good day for Josh to die. I don't want him yet. I'm going to make that plane go right back up and keep going. 
And I have no idea. I, I don't know what could have happened during the night. I don't know if somebody was contemplating on blowing up the house. I don't know if nothing was going to happen. But the thing is, I can say, God, thank you for protecting my family while I was sleeping last night. Um, thank you, God, for my, for my health. You know, I'm a pretty healthy person. You know, compared to my brother, compared to uh, my wife with, you know, with MS and stuff, I'm a very healthy person. But you know what I have control over about that? Really nothing. You know, my heart keeps pumping. Great, thank you. My lungs keep expanding and decreasing, however that works. My brain keeps telling my body to move. And I would like to say I have some kind of control over that, but I don't. The only air that I have to breathe is because God gave it to me. The only way my legs still move is because God gave it to me. And those are very simple things. But it should be a, a, a reminder that, you know what? We can give thanks in everything. Everything that we're going through. I, I thank you, God, that everybody got to here safely. I thank you, God, that Scott and Nikki got back from Texas. and uh, Maybe they would have liked to stay down there. It's warm, right? But God got them back here safely. And I, as I'm going throughout my day, I can say thank you you God for a number of things but you know what's really tough is when I'm supposed to say thank you to God even when life is falling apart anybody here excited to, to be thanking God for in times like that it doesn't come natural it does I don't naturally want to say thank you God that I got a flat tire thank you God that I'm sick today thank you God that I didn't get the, the, the I didn't make the shot I didn't get the job that I wanted it's not something that we typically want to do but this says give thanks in all circumstances there is always something to be thankful for I can thank God that he is still in control Right? Even though I didn't get what I want, even though life is falling apart, I know God's allowing this. I know God has a purpose. He didn't fall off the wagon. He didn't take his eyes off of it and everything start crashing in. God is still in control. And I can praise him at least for that. Uh, there's always something that we can, be, we can find to be thankful for. If we have that attitude of gratitude, I'm going to look. You know, I still say, thank you, God, for these windows. To me, that's, that's an amazing thing. You know, I say, thank you, God, that uh, I'm still here six years, right? You guys didn't get enough of my corny jokes and make me leave. I can just say, thank you, God, that my brother, you know, I do just a number of things all throughout your day. If you're looking for them, you can find reasons to give God thanks. But like adoration and confession, Thanksgiving really isn't high in that priority list unless it's the Thanksgiving holiday and we make everybody go around the room and say something they're thankful for. Or what I like to do with the youth group. We, I like to play that game of what am I thankful for with something that starts with an A, a B, a C, a D. We work all the way up through Z and come up with crazy, silly things that we're thankful for. Right? If it's not Thanksgiving, it's not high in our priority list. And if we didn't just survive something tragic, tragic then Thanksgiving doesn't necessarily flow off our lips but in everything give thanks in, in all kinds of circumstances give God thanks because that's what he he deserves that's what scripture says that we need to do so um, where, where do we where can we do this you know uh, Psalms 100 verse 4 says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise giving God thanks uh, you think about them walking into the temple they're going to go offer sacrifice they're going to go give their offering they're going to go worship the Lord's song it says enter his gates with thanksgiving I would say come to church with this attitude of not that I have to be here again 
I hope I can stay awake during church. I hope, you know, I hope so-and-so is here. But with this whole idea of I am looking for or I'm taking a specific amount of time to give God thanks. That's what I'm here for. I'm entering his courts with praise. I'm taking the opportunity to be me, me. I want to be the person who says, I thank God for something in my life. Psalms 28, verse 7. This is a, a psalm of David. He says, Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks for him in song. Why is he giving thanks for him in song? Because he sees in verse 6, Because he has heard my cry for mercy. He has an answer to prayer, and he's praising God. He's giving him thanks, and he's doing it in song. So you can give thanks in song. You can give thanks in word. You can give thanks in church. You can give thanks on the bus. You can give thanks everywhere you're at just make sure this is a part of your prayer follow this acronym it will help make sure that you are getting uh, at least a little part of each of the parts of prayer that we should be praying by to god so there is adoration that's praising god for who he is there is confession that's admitting god i screwed up i did it again there is thanksgiving and that's giving thanks to god for something that he did i thank you for getting me to church i thank you for the food that I'm eating, right? But you get these three parts. And of course, there's supplication. This is why we pray, right? Because of supplication. This is where I'm asking God to do something as a way of answering my prayers. I have a need. That's why I'm talking to you, God. That's why I'm letting you know. And it's okay to make supplication part of your prayer. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Which means what? It is okay to talk to God and tell Him, this is what I need. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. So there's numerous other verses that we could look at if we wanted to, but you get the idea. It is okay to go and talk to God and say, This is what I need. You know, I have, I, you can pray for yourself. You can ask on behalf of others, God, I have this health issue. God, I'm raising teens and I need wisdom. God, I, I, I'm praying for people of our town. This is one of the things that I really want to encourage at our, our prayer meeting on Tuesday is be praying for salvation. Salvation of people that you don't know. I pray uh, for people who used to come to our church or used to come to a church who aren't going anywhere, that they would step inside the doors of a church again. We can pray for that. Uh, we can pray for the ability to understand math. I've been trying to help Caleb with his math. I'm, I, we're, I, I need help. I pray, God, please help me to understand that math. Uh, protection for safety as our, as our kids are off at college, as they go back and forth. You know, we don't know what's going on in their life. And say, God, just please protect them. Whatever it is, it is okay to ask. God cares about your requests. God cares about your needs. He's like a, he's a heavenly father. You know, your parent, your parents, you care about your kids with what they need. God cares even more, and he's one who can do something about it. I can only go so far, but God can do so much more than all we ask or imagine. So when we talk about praying, this is 101. It doesn't get easier than this uh, to make sure that we are 
praying in adoration, that we are confessing, that we are giving thanks, and we're, we're and it's okay to do the supplication, the, the asking God for the request in our lives. Now, this may sound like every single time I pray, I got to do this, right? I got to make sure I go through step one, step two, step three, step four, and then finally I have prayed and that I have successfully prayed, right? Well, that's not exactly true because you do not have to, uh, to pray these all in a specific order. Uh, you know, on Friday when I went with Leslie to her infusion uh, for her MS, she, she's sitting there and this nurse is really struggling to get this needle in her hand. And it's, and there's, I'm like, I can't even watch. There's blood coming out and it's like, ugh. You know, you know what I did first? I said, God, you are amazing. God, I'm sorry that uh, I, I did something and thank you for the weather and now I can ask. No, I went right now. I'm like, I bowed my head. I got my book. I'm, I just bowed my head and started praying, please, because that was the immediate need that that nurse needed to get that needle in her vein before the blood left, right? To get all that medicine in there. So on the spot, I was praying for that need. You know, if you're, if you're going down the street and you, somebody drives by and you just let them have it and you're, you, you mumble under your breath and you realize, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. You don't have to go through A first. You don't have to go, God, you're amazing and forgiving. Please forgive me. If you, you recognize it right now. You say thank you right now. You're driving your car and there is a near miss. You're just you're sliding around because you're a kid in a car and you're sliding around and you just miss that car. You just miss going off the road. You don't have to go AT first before you... AC before you get to T, right? You right now you say, thank you, God, that my parents didn't see that. <laughs> thank you, God, that I didn't hit that car, right? So whatever you need right now is what you do. But that acronym helps to make sure that you do each, at least some part uh, during your day. First Thessalonians 5.17 in the NIV says, pray continually. That's what my Bible says. And the King James Version says, pray without ceasing. And the living, the living Bible says, always keep on praying. And the Revised Standard Version says, pray constantly. So no matter what the translation is, what is the idea? Pray continually. Just keep praying, right? Just keep talking to God. Now that, that sounds like a difficult thing to do, right? Um, to pray all day long, you know, because you guys have to go to work. Right? I don't. You have to go to work. You guys have, uh, you want to watch a movie. You, you want to, uh, to, to go deliver a calf, right? And so you, you, can't, you can't just sit there and pray all day. Well, that's not what uh, Paul's telling you need to do. Uh, but it, it does say that you should, throughout your whole day, keep praying. You know, praying without ceasing means to pray without intermission, without interruption, continuously. You are supposed to keep praying. And the thing is, when you're, when you're, before you take a math test, or before you have your math class, God, please help me to understand this. And you, you focus on math, and you're starting to get, you say, thank you, God, for helping me to do my math. Uh, the calf is coming. You say, God, please help this calf to be delivered. Uh, when it's done, you say, thank you for this calf being delivered. But it's this, it's this continue, it's, it's really a, a living relationship. God is always there. Whatever is on your mind, you just think it, right? God knows what you're thinking. You just say 
say it, and it's this constant relationship with Him. You don't just pray in the morning because I had breakfast and say thank you for this food, and then wait till lunch and say thank you for this food, and then wait till dinner and say thank you for this food, and when I go to bed I say please help me to sleep good. Right? That's not what God's looking for. He wants a relationship all day long. Whatever you're going through, if life is, is thinking right now, tell them. If life is good, praise them. If you're screwing up confessing, um, and take time to just say, God, you are holy. God, you are righteous. And, just, and give him the praise that he is due for, for what he has done in your life. So, so, prayer 101. This is as easy as it gets. It gets a little harder in the next couple weeks. So, when you pray, whether it's a specific time, like every morning at 6 in the morning on the bus, or whether it is, you know, 8 o'clock at night, where I'm going to set aside some time to pray, make sure that you try to include these things. God deserves adoration. I guarantee you're going to have something to confess. God's going to do something that you deserve, that he deserves thanksgiving for, and you probably have something that you want to ask for his help on. So make sure to try to follow this. It will, it will just help. It's just an aid to help. And then Tuesday nights, if you get the chance, set an alarm from 7 to 7.30. I want to encourage you to pray. Pray as a couple. Pray by yourself. Pray with somebody on the phone. Pray as a family. And let's just see what God will do. But just whatever, whether, whether you join us or not, please uh, do what Scripture says and pray without ceasing. Because God loves you. God wants that relationship with you. And it's, it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment thing. So, again, let's, let's just be encouraged to pray without ceasing. Let's pray. Father God, I, I do thank you that you are even interested in, in hearing from me. Um, I know there's so many other people, so many other needs, and you focus on what I'm saying to you. And I, that's, that's amazing because you are God. You are holy. I'm just, I'm just a little flailing human being that is only in need that really uh, I don't repay you for your loving kindness. I'm not always obedient. I, I'm not always grateful. But you still care about what um, I have to say. God, I just pray that when we pray that we would give you the adoration that you deserve. I pray that you'd bring to mind what we need to confess and that you'd help us to be thankful for the things that you have done. Help us to see that as well. And I do pray, God, that as we pray these things, that you would answer the prayers and help us to see the answers to those prayers. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.